gamers, it's Michelle with Breaking the Dice, and I'm here with Jay. What's up, everybody? And Paul. Hey, everybody. And we are coming to you from Gen Con 50. Super exciting. Um, we're on day two right now, and so we just wanted to kind of do an informal podcast just to kind of let you guys know how things are going. So I think what we'll just do is get started with day one. We spent most of the day in the exhibit hall, uh, grabbing up all the new good, fun games. Mm, doing doing the necessary shopping and yeah. crowd surfing. <laughs> a little bit of crowd surfing. The People River is real. Um, if you guys don't know what Gen Con is, um, big convention. It's the biggest in the world, officially, I believe, this year um, in Indianapolis. And specific to this hobby. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. San Diego Comic Con, things like that. Like, yeah, we're, we're not, yeah, we're not trying to cult, offend, but. but <laughs> yeah, but, sorry, yeah. sorry. Important. I assume you're living the podcast about board games. You know it's about board games. I apologize. Well, you do now. <laughs> so, anyway, it's a huge convention. It's sold out this year for the first time. I believe it was like 70,000 badges mm-hmm. that were sold for this thing. Estimates, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, would you, what do you, Paul, talk about a couple of your. Okay, so I, I I know I know that both both of you have been to been to Gen Con before in kind of a mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a less less official capacity. Um, this is my you know this is my first trip to Gen Con and uh, I've been to some other cons. You know we we discussed that a little bit that you know I've, I've had some con experience with uh, cons that were not specifically tabletop, some Comic Cons and so, a little bit a little bit of the PAX South experience. Uh, one thing I can really say about Gen Con is being that it is so much larger than some of those others organization is key here this is a really organized con uh, they they do a really good job of kind of making sure they've got enough space they spread out this year into not just the convention center but they have they have lucas oil stadium have taken over the football well, we, stadium we we were we were standing on the 50 yard line of lucas <laughs> oil stadium earlier today so uh, so that's pretty exciting so this has been you know, if, if, if crowds are the, the kind of thing that intimidate you, this is a very well-organized crowd. You still get the, the exhibit hall, the, the kind of shuffle that you get. You yeah. know, people, people only move at a certain pace, and everybody's trying to cut through everywhere. So there's a certain kind of rhythm that you get with, with every con. But this was, not, this was not bad, being that it's such a large con. There was plenty of, you know, plenty of opportunity to get through I where you needed to. I think if you're to. somebody who does have that more social... Um, Antisocial issues or not comfortable in large crowds. Um, obviously, you're gonna have to stay away from the exhibit hall or take it in small doses. And I think mm-hmm. it'd be easy to take it in small doses to just kind of decide you're going to this, you know, these couple aisles, and then you're gonna give yourself a break. The nice thing is, is there's so many other places to go. It's easy to spread out and find definitely, a kind of definitely. quiet little nook you can yeah. call your own. And the, the main halls. I mean, the the walls are pretty kind of littered here and there with people and. So it's kind of nice because, I mean, people can kind of sit, sit along the wall, relax a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of re- rest for and recoup for a little bit before they get back into the fray. Yeah, a lot, a lot of play area. You know, if, if you're the kind of person that, that's really, really anxious about, you see, if you look online, see the pictures of the, the mad rush that happens into the exhibit hall when they open. Um, you know, the only reason why you need to be part of that rush at all is if there's some new hot game on your list and you've just got to have it now. You can't wait, you know, three months or however long it's going to be before, you know, your your local store gets it. Then you, you'll you need to be in the in the kind of crush of people. If, if you're too far behind, that could be a problem. But the way they have it organized and the way the flows go, if you don't need to be in that crush but you still want to be early in the exhibit hall, just go ten minutes later. 
and the whole crowd has dispersed into the exhibit hall. It's really, it, it's really well done. It's especially having been to, uh, been to some some cons where they were, they were sort of epically misorganized and mishandled. This one, this one works really smoothly. I'm, I'm really happy which, with how they run it. Which you know, it says something because this is year fifty. This is the big 50, mm -hmm. 50 year. So and it shows. This is not. I mean. Yeah, yeah I think that yeah, I think that that kind of feeling really shows that this con has been here for a while, it's well established and they've got it figured out. And it really is is seen as you're coming in and Paul, you've been to things like Denver Comic Con. Mm -hmm. yep. The one year that I went, it was a mess. You yeah. waited in line three to four hours just to get into the convention. Mm -hmm. Here the doors are all wide open. Everybody's in and out. There's no line to get into the convention. You just wear your badge and you're walking throughout. And you, mm -hmm. If you want into the rooms, you have to have a badge on. Outside of that, I mean, there's technically public walking throughout. It's it's allowed, but they just can't get into the rooms. And so that, that brings that feel of getting in and out, but it doesn't feel like it's this 70,000 people around mm -hmm. you because Definitely. they're all dispersed out into rooms and different places. So it's not near as bad as it feels. Or as it really is. Yeah. Now, of course, we have to we have to include the disclaimer here that while we are talking about uh, you know about about the crowds not being so bad and being manageable, we're sitting here on a Friday night with the big day still yet to come. So so tomorrow, that's when we're going to see the real crowds. That's when we're going to see the real chaos. Uh, but I think we should probably transition into let's talk about some of the games. Yes, definitely. Um, so on my list. Uh, I picked up Wasteland Express Delivery Service. This game looks phenomenal. I've yet to actually be able to play it. I've uh, been part of kind of another group that was playing and shadow, kind of shadowed them. Um, this is oh, the components. The artwork on this game is beautiful. It comes with one of those great game trays inserts. So that way the setup is faster. Um, from what I understand, the setup's still kind of long. Um, this is a pickup and delivery system. Uh, so our pickup and delivery game in the post-apocalyptic universe and you've got these like meaty looking trucks straight out of like Fury Road Mad Max style um, and you're and it's got its own economy so that's great so as you're delivering things it kind of adjusts for supply and demand um, so that's a game I'm really excited to try I picked up Let's Downforce was another one we we, mm -hmm. we got a hold of. Yep. This we did, was we one, did manage to get a play in. We got that. a play in of that. That is a, a fun, super light racing game. Mm -hmm. This is uh, it's card driven, uh, so no dice involved, like the shifting, like you mm -hmm. do in like Formula D, yeah. things like that. You know, Formula D is a much heavier example of a racing game where it's dice play instead of cards, uh, much longer play time. Downforce is a real quick. What I really appreciate about Downforce is even though you have your own, so you're buying the cars essentially, but even if your car isn't doing well, you can still bet on whoever is going to be the winner and you still have a shot to win the game. So that's a really nice game. And then the third game I was really excited about is Dead of Winter Flick em Up. I did obtain a copy, super excited. Mm -hmm. Haven't got to get the chance to play it because most of our play has been at our hotel room and there is nowhere near big enough space to, to, to touch that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, Dead of Winter Flick 'em Up. Uh, that is that. That's an example of Flick 'em Up in general, as an example of one of the one of the things I noticed that they do a lot at this con that you don't see you don't see at other cons is a lot of games have a demo version you can play that's that's like giant size. Yes. It's it's kind of a little bit a little bit larger than life, and those 
those are really fun to see, really fun to play with. They had they had flick em up, they had a dead of winter flick em up in that deluxe size. Um, giant King Domino we played. There's several others, even even some even bigger if, if you've they ever like seen. They had like five them. versions of Catan that yep. were all giant. Yes, they had and they had uh, you know that essentially count, essentially the Game of Thrones one. There was a Game of Thrones one on the main hall that was yeah. giant oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yep, at uh, for the for the the latest the latest incarnation of Catan, the Game of Thrones Catan that mm -hmm. came out at Gen Con. And I think my last one that I want to bring up is Laser Riders. Uh, we actually were uh, really excited to be part of Game Greater, Greater Than, Than Games, Games uh, release kind of party. And they talked about this game. They talked about Fated Elder Gods and Spirit Island. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up Laser Riders. This is a super light, probably 15-minute game. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with X-Wing, it uses your movement templates from that game and kind of merges that with, like, the old Tron. And this game is done with a loving touch, you can tell. So it's an 80s style of game. It actually comes in, for those of you who remember, um, it actually comes in the old uh, VC VHS tape boxes and it looks like when you bought like a whole set of them and you pull those out and those are actually one character in each little VHS set uh, box and so it's really nice because you just hand everybody their stuff and you're basically going from there there's minimal setup and it kind of works like Tron and you're using your little movement templates to try to hit these goals and not crash into other people or to cut people off um, really excited to play this once again because we've been in our hotel room this does take a little more space. I don't know. The, the, the thing that they that really sells this game or that can be a benefit is that the, the goal of the game is you have four spots on the board that are goals. And so each person's trying to get to one of those spots the quickest or trying to keep as many of those spots as possible. And so you're throwing these out across the table. So you can play on a smaller table if you want. Or it can play on a bigger table. It kind of plays to what it, whatever you're playing with. Yeah, that, that's an interesting element to the game. It, it kind, kind of, of scales different. itself based on whatever whatever table you happen to have handy. Mm -hmm. So if you have a very small table, then it's a tighter, more kind of intense game. Yeah. Uh, but this greater than games that that put this out, uh, they have they show a lot of attention to detail in the in the products that they make. They, yeah. The, you know, this is one where the the components are are just. Just beautiful components, really good looking. But all of the all the products that they were showing us really did have that that extra level of detail. And you know, we talked about uh, Spirit Island. Mm -hmm. uh, that was that was another one they demoed a little a little co-op style game. And some of the miniatures there were were just very very small but incredibly detailed miniatures. And that was something that was really impressive to me. Is that most of the time with a game like that, you wouldn't see. That kind of detail, you know, they 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 may have used meeples or even cubes, oh, potentially, yeah, but but for this, they you know they they went that extra step, and and the artistry of these games is is really nice to see. They've been ones that I mean have never really heavily been on my radar because all greater than games has ever been to me is Sentinels of the Multiverse, which is a good game, but it's just a card game. Now they're getting some board games. They're really quality board games. The components are good. The gameplay looks fun. Um, none of these I've truly tried and played, so I can't tell you for sure that it is. And then they're bringing more things out with Sentinels of the Multiverse, the RPG. Mm -hmm. um, we got to witness that at the party last night. This is uh, really exciting. It's actually going to be um, kind of a pre-setup uh, pen and paper RPG. So you pick your character, and you'll actually get kind of their comic book 
because what, what, it, what it looks like, when you open it up, it's got your character sheet, kind of reference cards, places for notes, just all those little things that you'll need while playing. And it has it all right there, which is amazing. And then the GM, or how, I don't know what they're, they're going to refer the GM as, as in in this game, but they have a whole issue that they'll, you know, they have, you know, issue one, and that is your first scenario, and you guys all go through that and that. Issue two, and I think, I don't remember how many issues he said would be. Issue six. And, and this whole come, and I think the price point on this is going to be $19.99 for like six, it was like four, six characters, and. I think it's four characters and the. And the six issues. And the six adventure. Yeah. So. And then the rules are in the character sheet, so you don't need. So I mean, nice. the core rule book for it is like an eight-page little comic book style look. Yeah. And so that that helps to bring I think it's bring gonna, in a crowd. If you like Sentinels, I think it'll be a, a yeah. yeah, like a, an amazing grab for you. And also I think it'll be a great thing to try for new gamers or if you just don't want to devote like to a big D&D campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Jay, what were some of your games you picked up or are excited about? Or I mean, after I got done standing in the Fantasy Flight <laughs> line for way too long, after the second time of trying to get into line, um... By the way, if you ever go to Gen Con, rushing the Fantasy Flight line, not always the best idea, because the CEO of Fantasy Flight will direct you the wrong way, and then you, by the time you get to where the line has finally built up to, they've shut down the line and you have to go away. I think Jay's just um, a little salty. A uh, little bit salty about that. <laughs> but So once I got done standing in line, I picked up some X-Wing miniatures, uh, which... Uh, the Guns for Hire expansion, which was released at Gen Con, I think it's due out to stores in the next month or two. And Twilight Imperium 4, uh, which was a fourth edition of Twilight Imperium, announced yeah, two days big, before the con. Big, big release. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of buzz around that. And Getting it, a lot of love. Some, some good changes over Twilight Imperium 3. Like an insert. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it has, a, has a nice insert that comes with the game. Not the standard Fantasy Flight trough insert so that'll be that'll be interesting to see outside of that also picked up uh bunny kingdom and mountains of madness from yellow went off book a little bit line was short so mm -hmm. it made it, it made an easy grab there both were gen con releases uh bunny kingdom looks really fun both family and has has some strategy to it so i'm, I'm interested to give that one a try the other one picked up was Godfather. Uh, been out for a couple months. Yeah, it's been out for a minute. From mm -hmm. Simon, we did a demo of that while we were kind of waiting around in the exhibit hall yesterday, and the gameplay was really fun. I, I really enjoyed the worker placement style aspect of it, and it's instead of a worker placement, they they market it to you as a what is it, a thug placement? Yeah, a thug yeah, placement. Yeah, yeah. You're putting your you're putting your thugs around Manhattan. Eric Lang develops really good games, mm. and it really smells of an Eric Lang game. So it was yeah. it was a good play. Yeah, it's got it's got his touch on it. Definitely, you can really you can really feel that. Paul, what are what are some of the ones you want to? So uh, there's a lot there's a lot that came out here that was that was really interesting. A few that we've got to play most recently. Sentient. Um, this this was a game that that kind of popped up on the radar real last minute uh, but I, I like the idea of the theme it's it's about incorporating uh, incorporating these AI robots into your network and you know managing that and it's and it's really kind of a kind of a point grab kind of bidding system uh, 
but the the artwork is is really nice a really good looking game and the play is is very interesting there's there's a lot of a lot of math involved you know you pick up a card and it's going to modify some of your dice rolls that you've that you've made previously and then certain things have to add up to other things to score the right points things like that so it, there's a lot going on there and a lot of a lot of interesting interplay with with mathematics that I think is really really good uh, we managed to pick up a copy of viral which is you know it's a lighter kind of kind of area control game based on being a virus inside inside somebody's body I'm I, I was pretty excited about it um, I did have some I did have some concerns that I wanted the game to be scientifically appropriate and I feel like it's a lighter game it's a little cartoonish I wasn't sure if it was going to really really hit there um, you know with a light game like that of course you can't get too deep into into the science of it but I think I think for what it is I think it does a pretty good job it, it's it seems like a seems like a pretty interesting fun quick game to play um, so that that one was a was a pretty cool one we uh, after some some debate uh, we managed to pick up legendary Buffy mm-hmm. So this would be Buffy the Vampire Slayer set in a in a legendary legendary style game. Of course, we're we're all familiar with with legendary around here. It's a it's a you know it's an all card based deck building game. You know you set up a scenario and you have these objectives. You're the trying to yeah, co- cooperatively kind of build up your team. And of course, being being a Buffy game, we will expect a co op here. You know to have the whole whole Scooby gang involved. Um, but it, it seems like something that's going to be a lot of fun, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, we did manage to pick up a copy of King Domino. I'm a little on the fence whether the small copy is going to do it after getting a chance to play Giant <laughs> King giant Domino uh, with, with much larger pieces. So, but it's, it's, a, it's a very fun very fun game, loosely based on, on domino mechanics, and then you're trying to build your build your kingdom based on that and score some points so the game i think we played the most of so far is five minute dungeon yeah well of course a game a game like five minute dungeon is really easy to really easy to put in some plays yeah we got to we got to watch a demo of that uh it's a lot of fun you you set five minutes on the clock and you're going to play through and fight fight through the dungeon get to the boss at the end and hopefully hopefully get get that boss taken care of everybody's got their own deck of cards your your special characters special powers and you're trying to throw that all together as quickly as possible and hopefully you can you can make it through the dungeon and defeat the boss within which that five minutes we have failed to do yet which you you go through five different bosses i think mm-hmm. and yeah. each time the dungeon gets more difficult and you have the same amount of cards every time mm-hmm. i think to get through all five you really have to have five players but you're also throwing out cards, and so you're trashing some cards, and I, it's it's yeah. it's very tough. It seems very difficult, but it is a lot of fun. It's great kind of casual play. You know, everybody gets into it. It's real quick. Everybody's playing. No downtime. Fun. And family friendly, as mm-hmm. long as your kids don't get upset with pressure. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of pressure to it, but it really is fun. You're you're talking back and forth and. Trying to get your the right symbols or your scrolls, your shields and your swords and your arrows to to defeat the monsters or the obstacles yeah. in your way. Yeah, great energy in that game. A nice touch for this game is it actually has a free app that comes to game, 
and uh, it, it basically is your timer. I mean, that's all this app really does. But it does have one of the, it has multiple settings for the voice who will you know basically count down your time and then remind you as time is going by. And one of the options is actually John Bailey, which uh, if you don't know, John Bailey is the man who does uh, honest game trailers, honest movie trailers, and has that very epic sounding movie voice. So it's kind of kind of cool to have that as kind of a touch in the game. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really neat neat person to pick for that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a short list. There's there's a few others that we've picked up that were you know impulse purchases or kind of odd grabs things like that. Um, in you know once we once we get a chance to play through a few more, I think we'll we'll be able to talk about those a little more. We'll re be reviewing a lot of those as the weeks go on, and mm -hmm. more and more podcasts come out, and we'll talk about them. So a couple things uh, from day one, we basically just yeah we went through did some demos. Mm -hmm. um, grabbed our games and, and kind of that was our day essentially we did get to like I said attend the greater than games uh, launch party and we also got to demo a couple games we didn't wind up purchasing we wound up uh, demoing that was today got my days mixed up oh captain mm -hmm. that was oh, captain. today mm -hmm. yeah. so anyway we'll move on to day two sorry I don't know what day well, it is well I, th I think we're kind of yeah we're gonna bounce around here anyway uh, so day two um, was more of a demo day and kind of more let's just play games, let's chill play mm -hmm. games. Um, some of the demos we got to do were Zo Captain, um, which is a co-op. Reminds me of the vein of Coop. Um, so you've got a little bit, yeah, yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's a pirate esque theme. There's a lot, Sky of, lot of bluffing. Yeah. You know. Um, so that's a fun little game, and we we demoed Harry Potter. The deck building, mm -hmm. it's a Harry Potter Battle or Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah, Battle for Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. This is a deck building game. It's The interesting thing about it is one, it's Harry Potter, so if you're a Harry Potter fan, I think you'll totally get into it. Um, it's also a campaign uh, deck builder, which is really cool. Um, so as the game you know, goes on, you kind of come across the different things that have happened throughout the series. and that, and that But it starts out very light, and I, think, and I really think that this would be great for... Um, just people who aren't maybe as thick into board gaming, but you really love Harry Potter. I think this is an easy grab for you. Yeah, good, good for good for Harry Potter fans. It's a lot of fun to to you know lay out those cards and then see the Sorting Hat pop up or yeah. Golden Snitch and say, yeah, I'm gonna oh I'm gonna go for that. Gotta get that. You know, I think I think this this game Hermione ended up with the Golden Snitch, but you know, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's, um, it's great for a family. I mean, it really brings in a preteen teen that's going through the books and really getting into Harry Potter. It gives you somebody to, you know, give, gives you a way to kind of keep in touch with your kid. Yeah, you know, as a as kind of a story built, story driven deck builder, it is on the lighter side from what we've played so far. Mm -hmm. I understand that some of the later, the the later games bring in a little bit more complexity as it plays through the plays through the different books and or films, however you, however you're used it to. It looks Harry like Potter. it's more, more more based on the movies than the books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely got definitely got actual pictures from. You know, scenes that scenes from the the films themselves. So, um, and then one of the guy, one of the things you guys really enjoyed playing was terraforming Mars. If you guys want to touch on mm -hmm. that one, yeah, I mean this one, this one's been out for you Since know for year. about a year. It came out okay. at Gen Con, I believe, last year. Uh, we hadn't really had a chance to play it, or maybe we had a chance, it just hasn't come up. But uh, managed to sit down and get a play through this, and I I was I was really really happy with how it played out. Uh, I think it it. it Fits the hype. I, I love the, 
I love the science theme that's kind of kind of started to dominate the industry a little bit. Like I love I love a good sciencey game, and so Terraforming Mars kind of hits on that. Um, so, so yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. It, it's it's a little little bit Euro-y in how it plays out. Oh, yeah, and so, it's definitely a Euro. So you know, so you have that kind of excitement of Endgame when you're totaling up the score and you know you think maybe you're not in it and and then everything switches around and the person you thought was winning didn't it, it was a lot of fun in that way the, the person you thought was winning came in third <laughs> yeah he was in the lead most of the game and then everybody started picking on him and then I, yeah you know i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's that i think i think the there was something else going came, on came from behind there yeah very happy to very happy to get in that play and, and it, it plays game. really well it's it's got a good time limit to it based off the resources that you're building up it you're, you're building your colony on mars and you're building up your engine you're taking your resources and trying to build your cards i like the random the randomness brought in by the cards um mm -hmm. you know the guy that was teaching us he got really bad cards to start with and ended up coming in second by kind of building back up. Mm -hmm. I had a really great start, really strong start, and then the cards I was getting just weren't working for me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get the stuff I needed to really build up and just kept building cards, which probably wasn't the best plan. And if I had gone a different route, I, I might have been able to do a little better. But hindsight's twenty twenty, what it is, and so... I think the really next game would be a, a little different, but that that randomness to the cards changes up each game to make it a different game every time, which is a really fun aspect to that. And I think for this for this game for me, it does hit that note, which I really like. Of uh, when you're done with the game, you sit there and think, "Oh, I should have done it this way." Mm -hmm. For me, I was last. I focused on bringing pets to Mars and microbes, so don't go with that strategy. But <laughs> like, but when you're able to step away from it and you're looking at it, you're like, okay, I see where I kind of went off here, or mm -hmm. okay, that was really interesting. But next time, I want to try it this way. And yeah. so, if a game can make me do that, then I'm, then that's 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 for me a pretty good sign that it's a decent game. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Um, yep. So we also picked up photosynthesis, which is a. Uh, one we haven't got a chance to play, but it looks like a lot of oh, fun. So many trees. It's, you know, it's it's a you know growing trees and competing for competing for resources, competing for light. Uh, way too uh, many. It looks trees. like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's all to it's all it's trees. all cardboard you trees. Have, you have to punch a so bunch of punch, trees. You're punching them out. I highly recommend together. buying it at a con, sitting down at a table, and then enticing a friend over, or some uh, somebody new over with a different game, and making them help you put the trees together before you play that other game. Mm. <laughs> Worked out really well for Shell. I'm not, I'm not quite sure that you know we'll ever play with this guy again because he may not want to play with us after putting together trees. After sitting punching trees um, forever. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, so today was kind of an exciting day. So we had all these gameplays we learned, um, bunch of just a bunch of kind of sitting back playing games all day. Mm -hmm. uh, we had an exciting thing this evening where we got to go to the Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast. They are a really great podcast. If you don't listen to them, check them out. Um, and they had a meetup tonight, and it was a blast. Uh, they a did strike a, tournament. Yeah, they had a strike tournament. Strike is a little... Uh, party game with dice that is officially called Arenas in a Gladiator. It's a, a gladiators in an arena that are battling. And so you're chucking these dice. And basically, if you throw dice in the bowl and they match, you get to keep those dice. And you're kind of going around this until 
everybody's out and there's only one person with dice left. So you're, it's a little player elimination. But the game is so fast. I, I, I'm not a player elimination person, but this game is so fast. The game itself is usually done within 10 minutes. So even if you got eliminated early on, it was like 10 minutes. So um, we had we had the strike tournament, and that was. I don't even think the game is officially out yet. It is called Strike officially. Yes. It is referred the to on the Rolling Dice Taking Name podcast as uh, gladiators in an arena. That's the theme of the game. Um, is gladiators. But in an it arena. is officially called Strike. It will. I think it comes out in the next month or two. Mm-hmm. Has not actually released yet. Yeah, but so it is a get, fun game. If you get a chance, if you like party games. If you like a game you can take over to the family's house for the holidays or family gatherings, this is going to be a great game for that. It's a lot of fun. It's so fast. And uh, I, I think I think it's definitely one of those games. You don't have to worry about AP. You don't have to worry about uh, any of that. Yeah. Um, so so kind of other things from the con. You know, I think, uh, I think if you didn't get a chance to go to the Exploding Kittens booth, <laughs> you you didn't do it right. Uh, they they are hands down the most interesting creative booth at the con. Uh, so so what the situation there is everybody's got their booth. They're they're trying to sell whatever products they've got. Uh, Exploding kittens, of course, has come out. They've they've now put out imploding kittens. There's babies uh, and bears. Babies versus bears, uh, or bears versus babies, whichever. <laughs> yeah, you can flip that. Whichever it is, you know, it's 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 really really creative kind of game uh, you know they they run a little bit lighter so so I you know I think I think we've we've played them a few times and they don't seem to necessarily have the replayability value but for for kind of creativity and humor I really love these games but it's so walking up to their booth uh, they, have, they have the products that they're trying to sell and what they've got is the storefront for the booth is mocked up like a giant cat vending machine as in the whole booth is furry so 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 of course <laughs> and the whole thing is sort of is sort of puppeteered with you know people running running everything behind the scenes uh, but you'll walk in and you'll select whatever you're trying to purchase they'll you know they'll they'll manage it there's a window where they put up signs and and other things really really creative really fun uh, they have they have a crowd surrounding this booth that's longer than the line yeah, uh, just just for people wanting to watch uh, and then the, the the cool thing I think the really the really interesting piece there is one of the items that they sell is for one dollar you can purchase a random item now not a random item uh, from from the products that they produce not it is a random random item from the world around you <laughs> Um, so, including veg- vegetation. Yeah. So there, there's some, there's some possibility of getting some produce, which is excellent. Uh, there's a possibility that you might get a hula hoop or, yeah. um, you know, sandals and a lay. Yeah, we saw that. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone, someone uh, got paid, paid, paid for, paid for their, their dollar random item with four quarters and received a dollar in change. Yep. So. Uh, so that's that was a lot of fun, and of course, I mean, it's great for great for kids. Their parents would bring their kids by and have them all, you know, so, slide a yeah, slide a dollar through the slot and uh, and see what they get. And it seemed like they had a lot of uh, really had a lot of fun with with those kids out there. They were dressing them up. They they give them a couple like things like a hat and some funny you know some mm-hmm. funny sunglasses. And then they're sliding a selfie stick out this little slit in the front of their 
There are lots there. Yeah, the same slot that you're exchanging money. Yeah, they're making you take pictures in front of their booze wearing stuff. It's a lot of fun, and yeah, they get props. One, for, yeah, creativity. They always had a crowd. There was never... And two, you don't have to worry about keeping your front clean. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have chaos in the back, and as long as you guys know what's going on. And three, I think it's all just a big ploy to not catch con crud. Because you're not having to physically <laughs> yeah. interact with very, people as very, much. Very little, very little interaction between people. <laughs> you just keep a bottle of hand sanitizer back there, and every time you touch something, yep. to, to take money or to hand something out, you just sanitize real quick and keep going. Yeah, but they, I, you know, I've, I've for a long time been a fan of Matthew Inman, a uh, fan of The Oatmeal, the, the web comic that he, oh, that yeah. he produces, Definitely. which is really, really well done. Some of his pieces are... Um, you know some of some of my favorite works in in comics. Not all friend, family friendly. Just mm-hmm. I would put. He, he can be a little, uh, a yeah. little bit, a little bit so, on the a little bit on the raunchy side sometimes. So kids, but not for you. But there are a lot of um, there are a lot of thoughtful pieces that he put he puts out. Mm-hmm. So I definitely recommend you check out the oatmeal if you can. Uh, he was part of the team that created Exploding Kittens, and then I I backed that game on its Kickstarter. You know, a few years ago. Um, yeah, and again, like I said, I, the game, the gameplay fell a little flat. You know, it's it's a fun game, um, you know, and, and it's it's light. It's kind of a quick game. But and didn't you get the one with the special box? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got I got the <laughs> I, I got the the extra special Kickstarter Kickstarter stuff. So the the box is a really nice box. When you open it up, it it, it meows at you. Um, so it's. It, I'm, I'm really, you know, that's a game that I'm, I'm really happy with the purchase, but I don't necessarily play it that much. If you've got game, if you've got, uh, if you've got gamers that are not, you know, not very heavy or don't play a lot of games, it's probably a really good, really good game to bring out. And it's, it is. There's I a lot of humor more there. I think it's a good like bar setting type game. Sure. Yeah. Like sit down, have yeah. some drinks, play like, this game. Like, you know, honestly, I think this is a good. This is this is a game that is somewhat marketed to the. Cards Against Humanity kind of crowd, mm-hmm. but um, not you know, joking hazard. Yep. If, if if you played that game, kind of kind of in that vein. Uh, so this is if you if you want to get people sort of away from those games, or if you're starting to get tired of those games, this is a this is a good game to kind of transition them into more you know more gamey kind of games, more ga- games that are really more about about the play rather than rather than just kind of saying absurd things and. And getting a laugh, and I, and I think there's a there's a lot of a lot of really, really interesting and creative humor in it too. But um, I, you know, I, I can I can try to sell on the oatmeal all day long. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. Nice. Uh, so yeah, like that's that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff there at GenCon that we really can't get into. We really don't have time to. We really didn't talk much about the the museum that they did for yeah, the 50th anniversary. Have, so really, really if interesting. You are here? Check out the museum because this will be as far as they know right now. This is going to be the only time you can see it. Um, they may put it up, you know, something similar again, like at one of the other big numbers, you know, that's important. But um, they've got the actually they have the uh, 50th year uh, museum. Sitting on the 50-yard line of the Colts, uh, the Colts field. This is my first mm-hmm. time in a football field, which was exciting. And uh, so, uh, the whole uh, they have a kind of a rug that they've got the, the the museum set up on, and it it's the same size as the original Gen Con was, and it's crazy to stand in that little museum and go, 
holy moly, how has this mm-hmm. grown? Yeah, it's um, probably 25 yeah. foot by 25 foot. That's yeah, all the bigger the first one was. Not much bigger than our hotel room we're in right now. Like, it's crazy small. So, um, once again, props to this con. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're doing it right, obviously. This is the first year they're sold out. I don't think it'll be the last. I think this is definitely going to be a trend as long as yeah. the as long as the board game uh, community keeps growing and yeah. becoming more popular. So um, as much as I don't want to tell anyone this, you're probably going to want to get your tickets early if you're going next year. Uh, I, I'd rather not say that because I'd like a chance to get my tickets <laughs> also, before they're all sold out. People are booking their hotel rooms this weekend for next year. Mm-hmm. Like that is a thing that's happening. Yeah, because v- virtually every hotel that is you know that isn't. That isn't very questionable has has been booked out or you know full uh, you know we're we're quite a ways away from the convention center so transportation is is been a been an adventure as well so um, just a couple tips we've learned just doing it is yeah the importance of you know we really didn't think a lot about it because we really didn't have a big choice but we we're like ah whatever get a hotel room it wasn't a big deal for us. Uh, really is kind of a big deal because if you're down in the downtown area close to the con, you get a lot more gaming going on in your hotel lobby. Now, we had it here. We're clear out by the airport, so we're, we're kind of almost as far as you can get. But And still had people come up and talk to us about board games. We had a guy come out and just, just play a game with us. But if you're closer to the convention, you have it in droves, and so that's really nice. Like People are playing games all night at the hotel lobby and hanging out. And unfortunately, that is the downside to Gen Con, is in the actual convention center, uh, they do have a free-to-play game, or not a free-to-play, a uh, games library that they charge for like an hourly, like a chunk of time. They basically have like a day rate and then a night rate. And so as long as you're there and you don't leave, you pay this one rate, and it's like 4,000 games this year in their library. So you have a selection. Um, But outside of those and then some of the demo areas, it's really hard to find a place where people are just all meeting to play games. You know, if you do, you know, if especially if you're somebody here by yourself or just two people, so it'd be hard to play a game by yourselves. Um, finding a group and not being in one of the prime hotels makes it a little bit of a struggle. So it really is important if you're interested in doing this uh, to get one of those hotels down there. So I think that's been our hard life lesson we've learned this week. Well, yeah, and I, and I think that's that's definitely true for us. Uh, I think if you are if you're a little bit a little bit creative, a little bit tenacious, it's not hard to find someone to play a game with. We saw people sitting on the floor playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people will hijack a table that's meant for meant yeah. for something else, Which and, and we'll you may be. risk just getting kicked out. Um, you know, not not kicked con. out no. in general, but they'll like they'll ask moves. you to move move to another table because they're using it for an event. Um, the events, I, I would. Oh, so many. I, w- I would prefer that they handle the events differently. I don't really, you know, I don't really have a lot to say there, uh, but it is it is a little bit a little bit hard to understand, and hard to hard to follow the whole event system where they have tickets and you get these tickets and then you sign up for this event so you can learn a game or play a game or, or something like that. But then you know you can sort of sneak in and get those without tickets depending on the situation yeah so we had like a we went to play harry potter and we just walked up and we're like hey well they made you know you have people teach us this game because we saw that it was open and they were like sure you know sit down but then we had to be aware that Mm. these people who had bought tickets to do that at six o'clock were coming in so it's like Mm. you know it's just i have a little bit of a problem for me personally and i understand i understand why i'm not 
bashing anybody. For me, I have a problem um, paying to be taught a game, especially if it's done by the company who's trying to sell me their game, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, at that point, it's a little better than paying for a demo. Like, I don't know. If, I don't know how I feel about that, but... Um, so, to be fair, in this case, the company actually demoing it is not the company yeah, that... that's fair is selling it they have copies that they are selling but it is not the actual company they're endorsed by that company to demo their game and the cost of de a demo is usually two dollars per person mm -hmm. demoing it yeah i mean it, you know, it's not so much about the money it's 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 the there's a there's a confusing set of rules yes. involved in this whole system and it you know that's the last thing you want is to give give a big group of antisocial gamers a confusing set of rules because now we want clarification, we have to ask a stranger for it, and that's that's no good. The the benefit is is that they're providing people that know how to play this game yeah. to the gamer to give them a chance to learn this game, or a group of people that don't know each other. Kind of none of them know how to play the game, so that at least they have a way to all learn the game together. They have a group to play it with real quick, and they have somebody to teach it to them. Yeah, it's not one of them teaching each other; it's somebody that. Should know how to teach a game. <laughs> sure. Teaching, yeah. teaching sure. them. So um, you know, and then of course the the tournaments are a thing that yeah. you know, of course that's perfectly There's reasonable. A tournament for everything. Sign up for that. It it's amazing. Crazy. All of the tournaments they've got. I've seen some some advertisements for especially like political games, things like that, where they're talking about player counts. You know, hundred more, hundred or more. Werewolves, uh, playing playing games. Like Werewolf, that. of course, the your classic. That's your classic con game. Is is. Almost any con, you can find somebody somewhere that is trying to set up a werewolf game, uh, upwards of maybe seventy-five people. Mm -hmm. I think I saw. I think I saw one, uh, one event listed that was a werewolf game for one hundred and fifty people, which I assume is two of them combined. And the theoretically, a werewolf game can run with any number of players. Uh, I can't. I can't imagine trying having to, to manage that no that way. game. Uh, I don't know what play for that would look like. A lot of the player interaction would be um, very, very complicated and very interesting for that, those kinds of player accounts. So I don't think we'll be getting on, in on any of that. Uh, but who knows? Yeah. Um, and if you're interested, I mean, there are events all night long. You mm -hmm. can play games till they open back, <laughs> open up things at all in the morning, and you can go straight up, straight back in there. So. Really, there is something for everybody here. Um, they even have what they call spouse events, which are for people who are here, drug along by their spouses or significant others or parents, um, whatever, and uh, that, that you can attend. Everything from knitting classes to dancing classes to the other ballroom dancing. They had just, if you're a cosplayer, they have how to make all these different things in cosplay. Mm -hmm. They, I mean, just, I mean, everything here. So. Really, this con is really cool because it really does have something for everybody here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they've got they've got some interesting cosplay here. Um, I think, I think from all of my experiences, this is not the best venue for cosplay. Oh. There's some good ones. There's some interesting ones, but you know, it's really hard to beat one of the larger larger comic cons. Or if you get into the gaming scene, something like something like a BlizzCon is oh. incredible cosplay every year. So. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff here that's a lot of fun and imaginative things. And imaginative things, um, you know. So if you're if you're into cosplay, there's there there is plenty of that, uh, plenty of interesting things to see. So, okay, well, 
I think with that we're pretty much yep, we're, we're pretty much wrapped up for at least these three days. We've got two more days of this, so <laughs> I know it's 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 crazy to think about. So uh, hopefully we can give you an update. We're gonna try to knock out some of these games that we uh, purchased and knock some of those out tomorrow, and we'll probably pick up more. We'll we'll play them so you don't have to. <laughs> so um, till then, make sure you are following us on Twitter at Breaking the Dice and Facebook as well. We're doing some Facebook Live stuff off and on as internet allows. Mm -hmm. So follow us there. And once again, send us your questions, comments, and concerns. Um, other than that, I think that's that's it for us. So until then, we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.